we over it. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it and I hate you. Yes. I love it. It's tradition, dude. You got to love tradition. It's like America. <laughs> And welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the creatively titled podcast brought to you by us over at A to Z Horror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. You look more like a keg of beer to me, Jack. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is a cheeky little trollop. It's Mark. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, Jake, you're back this week. Oh, uh, I sort of. Yes. What do you mean, yes, sort I'm back. of? Do you mean your I am here weird? in body. I'm not sure how much I am here in body. Yeah, mind. you seem weird today. Eh, so where pretty were much you? Par for the course, eh, bud? <laughs> yeah, I I was I was in America this time, hipstering out in Portland. Uh, you know, visiting. Fair enough. Did you have a good trip? <laughs> it was good. It was good. Thank you. Did I'm you sure drink? Everyone... Did you drink I'm... some like artisanal micro brews? Uh, I I did go to a brewery with a certain name that has been made fun of amongst us. That's time. That's a weird have... thing to say. I no went idea. to I went to a brewery called West Coast Grocery Company. Oh uh, yep. Their their water glasses <laughs> are little milk jugs. Sounds about right. It's interesting. Uh, I did not hipster out. I'd like to clarify that. Uh, I already false, already provably false, just based also, on what you've said so far. I would also like to just clarify <laughs> yeah. that I'm sure that the listener is really unhappy to have me back. So, <laughs> no, Jake, come on, man, you're valued. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Don't write in, listeners. He's fishing for it. <laughs> for those of you unfamiliar with our Crackerjack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. This week we watched 1997's, maybe 1998's, unclear. Definitely 1998's. Deep Rising, which must have been a Mark pick, although yes. I don't actually know that to be the case. Yep. Yes, okay. it was. And we will dive all the way into that real soon. And when we do, fair warning, we're going to spoil the nonsense out of it. And if you like what we do and want to support the podcast, you can head on over to patreon.com slash A to Z horror. That's A-T-O-Z horror. And support the show at your level of choosing. Get all sorts of cool perks like, for instance, voting on who wins and loses beers for fears and what movie the loser has to watch as penance. And uh, there's a chance that I might lose to you, Jake, last week with you being gone. I don't know. We're recording, and the poll is out there currently, and I am losing. <laughs> that's good. So Mark also worded good. it wrong. When you're gone last time, I worded it, vote for this guy, and the listeners obliged. Mark worded it differently. And I, I just said, losing. did not participate. Yeah. <laughs> Which is true. And if you can't swing supporting the show right now financially, that's cool. We just appreciate you being here and hanging out with us. But for now, we'd better do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do beers for fears. Hey, Mark. Hello. What are your beers for these fears? Oh, I got two for you. Uh, both are pretty self-explanatory. First off, I have a Victory at Sea from uh, the Ballast Point Brewing Company. Fuck. The Ballast Point. Fuck. The Ballast Point. Yep. Victory. That one's pretty self-explanatory. There's a skeleton at a, at a steering wheel on it. Oh, look. Uh, that one's going to come up in a second. <laughs> to spice things up a little bit, I'll be surprised if you have this one as well, Jack. I am drinking a Torpedo. Uh, from Sierra Nevada, the extra the extra IPA. This movie hinges on the presence of a torpedo. It sure does. It sure does. Good work, Mark. Uh, no, I got a Ballast Point Victory at Sea beer, the bomber bottle. Um, I was thinking about getting the the Sculpin um, grapefruit IPA, the one that's like fifteen ninety nine a six pack, and yeah. I didn't get that. In addition Why to it, is Ballast Point so expensive? I don't know. Okay. 
I don't know. Name brand. Did not exist in a bomber. Right. Didn't get it. So yeah. I find myself sitting here with just my ballast point. Victory at sea. I mean, but Sculpin's a pretty good beer. Sculpin is a very good beer. Yeah. yeah. Jack, I'm, drop I'm a another. little curious why you would have preferred the Grapefruit Sculpin over Sculpin for this movie. True. Actually, I blew by that. I just assumed you meant Oh, because it was the only one that was at the Albertsons. Uh, mm, okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but, Mark, I think Ballast Point could be explained a little more here, or at least the, the logo. Yes, it's a guy, at a, in a, it's a skeleton at a steering wheel. It's a victory at sea. Uh, is it? You just said, do you? so far you've just rehashed everything I have already said. I so. understand. Okay. But in many ways, this movie isn't a victory at sea, so I'm just trying to explain why it is. Why I thought I was going to have to defend myself against you jabronis you for calling of, this movie would, a victory I would prefer it's a an explanation. victory, really. I mean, they, they do win at sea, right? Our three main leads are victorious at sea. Yes. They then just might lose at land later And they on. win at love, too, I think you'll find. Maybe. There's three of them, so... They're, they're, they're still kind of stranded on a, an island. I would say they're still kind of at sea. Their victory was at sea. That's a huge island. That volcano was like 150 is, miles yeah, behind the white as, as the saying goes, victory at sea, defeat at land. Exactly. Um, yes. And yes, then also, is. this is a movie about skeletons on a boat, and there's a skeleton on a boat. Okay, fine. <laughs> so there's your explanation, fine, fine, fine. Jake. Yep. Valid point. Uh, I've also got a Rainier and whatever beer Jake just handed me here. Mother Earth something something. Jake. That's, that's just a side beer. That's what side are beer. you? What are your beers for these fears? That's how I say it. Yeah, so this is a movie where they're taking on some tentacled monsters, monster, monster monsters. I don't know. Un- very unclear, Yeah, actually. kind of unclear. I'm going to say monsters. Monster. Okay. Which actually harms my beer choice, but I still like the beer choice. It's as good as I could do. Uh, it's by Narrows Brewing Company, which is out of Seattle. This is giant Pacific octopus. Uh, this that's there in the pretty, South. That's, that's, that's as good as they could do. Like, they're in the South China Sea right fighting. Thing. It's not really an octopus. They have some bullshit about this whatever lamprey thing. I think it's octopus-like. You know what? Giant Pacific octopus. Fuck I like the my both choice. of you. This effectively guarantees my loss this week. Hey, we've been making you watch some good shit lately, so. And I'm on a run of losing, like, five in a row. I, I think mean, you've had to watch the fewest amount of movies of all three well, of us. Well, I, I think I have watched the fewest amount of movies uh, between that might be the true. three of us, that but I am true. on a current run of, I, if I lose the one that I was just gone for, which the patrons will decide and I know what their decision will be, that'll be like four in a row, dude. Yeah. Well. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> I, I lost a couple of those with you, though, so. There's yeah, 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 yeah. It's so stressful good. picking beers these days. There is some and... sort of, like, poetic justice. If you guys tie on the week that Jake was gone. And I had an actual good beer, just because I had, also had an Angry Orchard. You, you drank a hard cider called Angry Orchard for a movie where a bunch of people are trapped in an elevator. That was my backup, Mark, not my main one. Okay. By that logic, because you have something else beyond Ballast Point Victory at Sea, you should lose this week. Well, except the one that I have beyond Ballast Point Victory at Sea is Torpedo, which is probably more relevant. The other one's better. Unclear. It's the, the, the other, other one yeah, is I better. I think the other yeah. one's better. Yeah. 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 yeah it's yeah. not looking great for you, no. but people might hate my giant Pacific octopus, despite the South China Sea being in the Pacific and this being very octopus-like. In any case, drinking beers and <laughs> watching horror Jack. movies isn't the only thing we've done over the course of the last week, or ordinarily we'd tell you about it, but... As this podcast drops, it will be near the first of the month, that month being August of, I almost said October, August of 2019. What year is it? 2019. Oh. You got it right. Oh, my. <laughs> Fact check. And Fact so, check. Correct. 
Yeah, thank you. And so we got to hit you with the horror release roundup. Now over at the website, adchorror.com with a hyphen this time. Uh, we're going to drop you a top one, a bottom one. Nope, we're going to kick you the entire list of movies that are coming out over the course of the month and give you a blurb on each of them, link to the trailers. But here on the podcast, it's already long enough, so we're just going to talk about our top ones, our bottom ones, and maybe a dark horse pick or two. Uh, does that sound good to you, Jake? Uh, it sounds okay. Yeah, I'm okay with that. What would you like to start with sounds this nice. month? Why don't we start at the bottom? Start at the bottom. Okay, very Started good place from the to bottom. Start. Now we're here. Yeah. Well, we are here. And my bottom one is interesting this month. So, Jake, what is your bottom one pick? Itsy bitsy. Itsy bitsy. It's not actually. I just had to make that joke for okay. people that know well, that I'm arachnophobic. I'm, yeah. There's a movie um, about spiders coming out called Itsy bitsy. Yeah. No, actually, I picked derailed. This month is pretty fire. Stacked. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> not a lot to hate here. Uh, and I didn't really hate derailed. This is mostly for the title. It's yeah, kind of a dumb okay, thing. Okay, it makes sense when you say D it out loud. D hyphen railed. Yeah, unless uh, this ends up being a pornography. I know, like exactly. twenty minutes in, exactly. This, like that's the only way this. Well, makes that sense. would make it a dumb. Unless you're getting railed by a dick. You're turning the tides here for yeah. me a little bit. I'm saying that that's, would be an epic turn of events. I mean, that and copyright law is the only way this title makes sense. Sure, but I don't prefer thinking of law. <laughs> I prefer boobs and tits and things. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I picked that As one. As a lawyer, can't confirm. It and and look, I I think like I said, I, I was kind of joking about the title. It's somewhat because of the title though, because this doesn't look like the worst movie. This is not a bad bottom one. Let me clarify. This is like a so bad it's good movie though. I mean, it does seem. I mean, the there's camera. cheese for sure. It's yeah. a movie about people on a train that hey, guess what happens? It derails, and then I guess the premise from there is they can wait for hopeful help to come or they can go downwards into some bog they're in or body of water and fight whatever monsters lurk they're in. I don't know. You forgot to mention that the basic premise of the train is that it's a murder train. It's oh, a yeah. Murder what mystery train. Yeah, what the fuck was that? You need the there's extra a... layer, I guess, for some Oh, reason. my God. Yeah, there's a conductor that says weird shit. I don't well, know. Plus, We're going to talk a lot Ag about extra layers on this week's podcast, so just <laughs> stay tuned. What's the Agatha Christie story on a train that was just, there was just a Johnny Depp movie about it recently? Fuck, whatever that one is. Uh, the Orient Express? Yes, a grandmother might get confused and buy this movie instead in the Walmart value bin. Yep, because we have so many of those listening to the podcast. I'm not. I'm just saying why they might call it this and make that part of the premise, uh, not why you would pick it. I don't know. I saw you wanted Murder on the Orient, I think, or whatever it was called. Murder on the Orient Express, so I bought you Derailed. That was close enough. If it says Murder on a Train, it will confuse at least ten people. Hmm. I mean, okay. I don't think so. Guaranteed. Derailed. <laughs> derailed. Look, I picked... Uh, derailed. Derailed. N nope. Fuck, I'm derailed? <laughs> I love you don't even know. You were like agreeing I'm with me. I'm reading my notes. <laughs> it also it gets confusing what I picked. Why? Because you didn't write it down. I picked School Spirit. I did too. Into the Dark. I can't. That's the Hulu Into the Dark uh, uh, ho uh, holiday movie. Uh, this month, what I don't know what holiday this is going to be. Hey guys, it's, school. School. it's just it's just first day of school. So these are made about holidays, right? Yes. yes. Everyone thus far has been. Fuck. The one, hold on. The one next no one month no is for it. a holiday titled Daughter's Day. So, mm. goddamn Hallmark, shaky, am I right? Except the, with the holiday thing. <laughs> September's pretty bereft. In any case, this trailer actually looks pretty rad, but so have many of the Into the Dark trailers and. 
all of them with the exception of I think the the Christmas one that name I cannot remember right now Puka. have been Puka. Puka, yeah, been pretty bad and Puka was not good. I have it not seen any of these so I can't go there with you. Yeah. That was my decision. Yeah. I knew that you guys have watched these and had bad experiences. I've been burned one too many times. The trailer looks pretty good. I, I know. Think it's my they all look of... good. That's the mm. weird thing. They're so good at making trailers and they're so bad at making better. movies. I think this one looks better. <laughs> it, it might. I mean, shit. I also really considered picking this as my dark horse. So, dark horse bottom one. It I was can. A, it's a fine I considered line. it too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little perplexed as to why. I mean, I'm sure it's just their like uh, school mascot, but why they're being chased by a pirate ghost in the middle of their high Be- school? Yes. Seems like That's a strange why. choice. That's exactly mascot. why. Yeah. Well, okay, but also I, whatever. There's a little bit of dissonance there, is what I'm getting at. Why? I think that's rad. You set out to make a ghost movie set in a high school, and you're like, you know what our villain's going to be before we write any other details? The Flying Dutchman. It's a Cape Cod high school, Mark. Yeah. Again, all of those details were things that came after the fact that they chose the pirate ghost to be the main villain. No, I don't know. Sure, write the order of operations here. I don't you think that's necessarily it. a bad thing to ride around either. Yeah. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Worked for Scooby-Doo for a they thousand built episodes. High, they built the high school over the cave in which his ship is buried, and he's buried with all the doubloons, just like One-Eyed Willie. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Mark. Okay. Let's move on to Dark Horse picks, though, while we're sort of on that point. Jake, what is your Dark Horse pick for August? I had a, I had a tough time with this one. Uh... I went with one that I really wanted to make my top one, but I did. Oh, I know. I did the same thing. I, I gave it to Ready or Not. Oh, uh, damn it. <laughs> Mark didn't do the same thing. Uh, Ready or Not looks pretty damn good, but I there's not quite enough here for me to l- sink my teeth into that will make me, in a stacked a month as this, ride its coattails to the, all the way to the top. Now, let's say that hypothetically this movie had an ultra generic title, and I didn't sure. remember which one this let's was. Let's say that hypothetically it's the one about the woman who gets married to the guy, and then they have this weird, wacky ritual because uh, okay. yeah. they're a games company family, <laughs> and they she has to play hide-and-seek, and they try to kill her right. all night. Right. Lest something bad happen to said family. We are on a real strong string of movies coming out about, like, childhood games. I... Sure. Called, I didn't call this. I told you guys this was about to happen like six months ago, and y'all laughed at me. No, I think you just said it was happening, and I think I agreed with you. You laughed maniacally. <laughs> I, I probably laughed. I probably laughed. It's fine. You probably did laugh. Yeah. yeah. No, I, anyway, this movie, but you looks, rarely listen. this movie looks good. The trailer is cut well. I think that it's an intriguing enough concept considering the subject matter from, if I were to give you like a one-second synopsis, one-second stupid, one-sentence synopsis of it, you'd be like, what the fuck's that? It looks awesome, interesting, awesome, engaging, entertaining, and funny. The acting looks pretty good. Yeah. I, I, I really like the dark sense of humor here, but I don't really know anyone that's more of a me statement than a, a statement about the movie. So <laughs> I don't think there was anyone. The lead actress, I should know, I think. Probably. Shit, that wasn't the girl from The Babysitter, was it? It is Samara Weaving, the girl from The Babysitter, and Mayhem, yes. No, oh, she is smoking hot. Yeah. Okay, so never mind. I take back everything I said. Yeah. It's not right. my top one. <laughs> Just uh, kidding. I'm it's funny it that you're joking about that because that actually is my top one. I'm super excited for that movie. Um, it looks it looks good. I just can't quite do it. The only thing that you haven't mentioned yet that I am a massive sucker for in most trailers is uh, great like use of the licensed soundtrack. They have Unchained Melody playing throughout the whole thing and then like slowly getting distorted over time. Love that shit. That's my top one for the month. Makes sense. Yeah, Mark, to your point, the, the I just recently read a whole article about how people are 
like taking advantage of the popularity of Jordan Peele's Get Out and also Jordan Peele's Get Out is getting free advertising because a lot of people are using I've got five on it. You in mean stuff. us? You and mean us? You yeah. mean us? Yep, that's what I mean. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> Look, my dark horse pick was between the end of the dark one, School Spirit. I didn't end up going with that one. No. I did pick Derailed. As your dark horse. As my dark horse. That's a dumb pick. It looks really fun. Not Plus, in a month where there's I this many. I fucking love trains, man. I love oh, trains Oh, yeah, I forgot so about your fucking weird much. fucking infatuation with trains. All you have I want to do is ride around romantic. trains <laughs> and shake the room. Yeah. yeah, there you go. You're such a romantic, Jack. I just want to wear suits with hats and ride around on trains. Fucking sue me. Eat foie gras. Look, we talked about derailed. It looks yeah, good. Yeah, talked about looks that. Looks fun and it has trains. Yeah. I want to see it. Mark! I am surprised Jake didn't pick this one, and now I'm thinking it might be his top one, outside chance. Um, I picked the Banana Splits. <laughs> okay. The Five Nights at Freddy's a, thing. Yeah. yeah. And a guy, it's like a ta- attacks a taping of a kid's TV show. So I'm fairly certain that there, that some someone out there has bought a Five Nights at Freddy's movie must and have happened i do not think this is it but they're aping the shit out of it maybe so. they're doing a the woods blair witch thing uh maybe yeah i mean <laughs> it, it has the same cachet right this is five i mean this freddy's is five nights at project. freddy's right down to like it's a kid's birthday party at the pizza joint for sure it's yeah. just five it's nights a, at freddy's which in five nights at freddy's are like an off-brand chuck e cheese and this is an off-brand five nights at freddy's so, exactly yeah well okay five nights at freddy's is not an off-brand chuck e cheese it's a completely different it's a video game. Chuck E. Cheese is a restaurant. I understand, but the place okay, where you're just, staying in Five cool. Nights at Freddy's is just wanting to make sure that you were aware of the difference. I, I do look. I don't Freddy? think it's a, I don't think it's a Pojos. Let's, let's it's let's Pogos? clarify. Pogos? Pojos. Pojos. Let's yeah. clarify. Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria is a knockoff Chuck E. Cheese. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Continue, Mark. Continue. Uh, this looks fun as hell. It's we don't have the Five Nights at Freddy's movie yet, unless this is it. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and claim that this is the original OG one that we've been waiting all of our lives for. I This looks like a bloody mess of animatronic slaughter. I'm excited about it. But also, it's going to be campy and dumb as fuck, so uh, that's why it's a Dark Horse. Yep. Yep, it's a good Dark Horse pick. Jake, what is your top one? Uh, another hard one to pick, guys. Uh, I had a hard time with this, and you're going to call me a hipster, but Tigers Are Not Afraid looks really, really good. So here's the thing. I want to call you a hipster, but I can't because that's my top you one, it too. Yeah, motherfuckers. I mean, <laughs> subtitles. It's like this, I don't know. It, it's, it's Pan's so Labyrinth, ser- but set against yeah. like, gang violence. It's so serious. It's it's got the, I, It's got some of the dark whimsy of Pan's Labyrinth, but also with like a... Uh, the the grittiness of the gang streets thing that's like a Neil Blomkamp esque right it's kind of like District Nine or even it's slightly reminiscent of Banlieue Treize right now you're just naming things where gangs exist District no, but B thirteen like the... he's trying to bring up the parkour movie which was great yes. and and movies defense. that happen in foreign countries well no like look it I'm saying the cinematography reminds me of Neil Blomkamp a la Chappie or District Nine either one okay and then also the gang parts of it and like the just kind of overall narrative of it remind me of Banlieue 13 I, the, the reason I ultimately just picked this saying. is because the dark whimsy that is on display here it hit me in a really good way visually me too and I've heard about this movie coming from quite for quite a while I never watched any trailers about it I'd never seen any screen stills whatever you call them and Watching this trailer was super surprising. I did not expect to see what I saw. I, I think that the connection to Pan's Labyrinth is the most apt 
Uh, and if it's anything as close to as good as that, top one. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm fully so. with you. I just have to address one more thing. Mark. Yes. I picked an art house foreign movie as my top one. If I don't over enunciate the French title of the movie, I'm doing it wrong. That's why I didn't even say the French word for 13 normally. I over pres. I over enunciated it. I feel like I hate you so much right now, and I didn't think that was possible. That's why I did it. Okay, cool. Well, <laughs> mission accomplished. Woo! Mark, wait, we talked about your top one. Yeah, uh, mine was ready or not. In a month that has so many fucking bangers coming out, um, we managed to choose, like, talk about four movies, I think, yeah, out of our we nine. Need, we need to do a quick run around on a few of these. Uh, yeah, I got a quick, I got a runner up we could talk about for my top one. Sure. That's kind of interesting, which is The Nightingale. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which also looks fucking awesome, despite yeah. kind of look at first to me looking like a boring period piece. Holy shit, it actually looks pretty good. And uh, then afterwards. Up, it could end up being a boring It sure piece. could. But yeah. afterwards, I learned it was a Jennifer Kent movie. Yeah. And I like The Babadook a whole lot. This I think I like the Babadook be the best of all that. three of us. This is going to be different than that. But she's very clearly talented. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. It looks exciting. It looks like it very well could be horror-ish. And, I mean, it's going it, to, you know, it might even be one of those movies that's like 10% horror and 90% period drama. So, you know, I mean, I guess it, that's it, what you're, you know that going in. So It's also right playing, mindset. it looks like it's playing heavily on the, like, minorities place in our current culture by alluding to the past thing of like white men have fucked over everyone that's, women that is what it's doing racial minorities via, and via yes via an immigrant and an aboriginal person yes yeah uh hey you just mentioned the babadook which is about a kid's book and let's talk about the movie that's coming out this month that is super highly anticipated i was gonna say are we doing Toro like a producing. bit where we just specifically don't talk about the biggest movie nope. coming out in august nope Especially because we talked about it in last month's HRR. Yeah, scary stories. <laughs> scary stories. Tell in the dark is coming out this month. Uh, this I found myself in a pickle with because I I couldn't I could not select this as my top one. I'm a little concerned about this movie, and I couldn't rightly put it in at Dark Horse because of my concerns. I'm right there with you. The it, tone of the movie, the tone of the trailer, at least looks poor. It's going to be. Here's the problem that I think I have with it. The tone growing up looks poor. Just dissect that one for a yeah, moment. Yeah, take that take that in. Yes. Okay. Poor. Not monetarily poor. <laughs> just poor. Okay, okay. I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue. So I think what I've circled in on is being the problem that I have with this movie, having only seen the trailers, I guess there's like three of them now, is this. It's that these books were coming out, and I remember them from like wheelhouse childhood. We're of that age, right? Those things were fucking scary. A lot of that had to do with the animation, and I think that, by and large, it looks like some of the visuals are going to be what you would hope for and expect from, honestly, with Guillermo del Toro producing this, he's going to have some influence on that. You'd hope he gets really dark with it. Here's right? his, the thing. his presence was totally key to getting this thing made. Agreed. Here's the thing, though. I don't really remember... Go, I should probably go back and read the books to see how they hit me tonally now. Hey, tune but in next week for what's is... been my horror world. Okay, hey. It seems too kitty. Like, I remember those being so much more visceral and scary than what this is coming across as being that I'm just concerned it's not going to do what I want it to do, which is an interesting thing because if we were to revisit that now, it might it might be perfect. Spot on. I just don't know. So, so here's the thing. I think what you're identifying is the difference in the books you were reading, right? Because you read Goosebumps. You read Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yeah. And you read, I mean, other like kids' mysteries, Hardy Boys or your Nancy Drews sure. or your... Hanks the cow dog sure um, and like the 
tone of the books varied wildly from those other kind of goofy kids ones that felt more like a, you know, kids adventure or the boxcar children, right? They kept their milk in the river. I'm not even sure I agree with that. The books themselves, the text of the the, uh, Scary Stories of Telling the Dark books were just like general kids books. Like, honestly, I bet if you go back and read them, you're going to find that there were a surprisingly forgettable number of songs. I remember like every other chapter was a song in those books. The thing that was like crazy was the juxtaposition of how like innocent the the narrative was. There wasn't really like a frame narrative, but how innocent the individual stories were with the fucked up illustrations. That's exactly what I'm getting at here. I have not gone back and read the books. The imagery from the trailers, I remember the imagery. Clear as day. And when I see the trailer, I'm like, okay, yeah, that looks about right. But the tone of watching what is happening unfold makes it seem like it is lighter hearted than what I expect. And what I expect is all based on what I remember, which I remember from being a kid. Right. No, absolutely. That's what I think what Mark is suggesting here is saying that maybe this is actually hitting it in the way that the maybe it's pretty faithful. I don't fucking know. Well, so I want to clarify what I was saying. I wasn't saying the the narratives are darker or what happens is worse or more horrifying than it is in those other books. But the way the books are written, the tone is very different, right? It's less focused on fun conversations between kids with happy narration about what's going on around. Even if the the narrative ends up being exactly as lighthearted as those other stories, they are written in a slightly different, weirder way. And obviously there were a few different authors, so it probably changed a little bit. But the, the just the tone of the books was, I think, a little bit different than, than your Hardy's Boy or your Nancy's Drew. Yeah, I mean, I guess lighthearted might not be the right term to use here. I don't think anyone's going to say that those books were lighthearted, but simplistic is probably where I would go with that. They're sure, written for yeah, kids, right? Absolutely. So there's only so much you can do with that. Which I, is why I think the tone shift is so effective, because that's like your first right, introduction exactly. to tone as a kid. Yeah. I came down to two big complaints in this one. First off, this is almost literally the exact same plot as the Goosebumps movie that came out like three years ago with Jack Black. Uh, that's warning sign number one. Warning sign number two, in the trailer that we have on the HRR thing that you can go find on our website, uh, the girl literally delivers a Yakov Smirnov line as like a key turning point revelatory like thing in the plot, and it's meant to be taken seriously. Mark, that's classic comedy these days. I got news for you, brother. In Soviet Russia, you don't read book, book reads you. Yeah, that sucked. You could yeah. go to like a twenty year old, twenty one year old's comedy venue these days and just kill by ripping off Yakov Smirnoff material. I am sure that's not true, but <laughs> but we digress. We can always combine, other combine it with Gallagher too. We we have to move on, but there were other movies. Okay, what that else you got? are still worth mentioning? Talk about them. Touched on forty seven meters joint. down. Say oh, you want to talk about that one? Yeah, forty seven meters one? down. It has like had a weird life. It was the original one had like just a strange amount it was just it, it wasn't released very well it was in development hell for a long time then it came out i think now it's available on either netflix or amazon i haven't watched it yet but i think it's generated some pretty good buzz good enough buzz to create 47 meters down colon uncaged the sequel uh yeah they're uh, in a cave it's dark that's did, a good did the that's first a good one ripple. star mandy Moore? yes it did am i right in remembering yes, that yes. yeah okay i think i've seen that movie but i think i watched it on like when you when it was in that weird half-released period, I watched it on like one of those websites where it's compressed to 240p in the middle of the screen with no full-screen option. It has foreign subtitles. Hmm. Well, now, if you want to go back and watch it, it's freely available on, I think, 
I'm going to go with Netflix, but I'm not positive. Yeah. It's on it's on one of them. Uh, He's not going to do this that. This one, I mean, there isn't a lot that you need to make a good summer shark movie, and this is an underwater, whatever, cave diving, Mayan ritualistic sacrifice graveyard full of sharks. It's a good setting. That is a yeah. good setting. Sure, they took, yeah, they took like the Descent and Shark movie and combined them. Some I the like ruins. the darkness. They can play pretty well with that. That's going to be nice. Yeah, mm. Sharks in the Dark. <laughs> That's what the colon should have been. That's what it should have been. Damn. 40, 48 <laughs> meters down colon, Sharks in the Dark. That's our ripoff movie. <laughs> Somebody call Uncorked right now. I'm sorry, Uncorked. Can we talk about the next movie I want to talk about? Sure, buddy. Which is Freaks. Okay. With Emile Hirsch. Yeah. So very little that I understood about this trailer, but there's a movie with Emile Hirsch called Freaks. It's now like a- the title kind of gets my goat a little bit because Freaks is that super duper classic black and white about all the sideshow performers, right? And this also evokes like movies of the first in like the early to mid '90s, but then also got a revival in like the 2005 era of like uh, a traveling circus thing, kind of like the Freak Show, but not an yeah. actual Freak Show, just people who are different gonna fuck with you and scary and then there's kind of like that one episode of the x-files that was really good yeah yeah just like that anyway i don't know much about this movie but emile hirsch is in it and it didn't spoil anything it looks good there's like a father yelling at his daughter for exposing them to some kind of danger by not following the rules i think he's the john goodman from 10 chlorophyll that's kind of what yeah those are the vibes i got yeah Yeah, but who knows they might twist that shit on its side man there's also a jacob's ladder coming out we got a jacob's ladder is happening again (laughs) Uh, really (laughs) i don't care i i do actually care. why the first one kind of sucked that's why i care it didn't suck a it just wasn't very interesting (laughs) (laughs) i tried to get through it i fell asleep i didn't go back that was, was my bad experience people. with the first Jacob's Ladder. We should probably give that the whole full credit. That's a yeah. classic, and none of us apparently liked it very much, and that's why I think this is important. Maybe we just need it remade, man. Why? Well, let's go with the original stories. Fuck. Yeah. I like I like this approach to films. Every time we make one that sucks, remake it until it's good. <laughs> that's never failed. <laughs> let's remake The Transporter 2. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. That's <laughs> the best movie. The best example of a bad movie you could come up with was a sequel. Transporter 1 was pretty good. Gosh, I know. That's my point. You picked a bad example. <laughs> well, oh, I, that was a good example. Transporter 2 sucked. <laughs> Jake, are there any of the movies you want to talk about, or can we go to the feature presentation? I'm done. Should we at least <laughs> mention Itsy Bitsy, the dog sized spiders? I did. I don't want it. Okay. Are you okay? I have a legitimate question for no, you. No, you don't. Yes, I do. This better be legitimate. Does the concept of a dog-sized spider actually scare you? Yeah. Because to me, that removes everything scary about spiders. Really? Not everything. Like I'm afraid of a very aggressive dog, but in a very different way than I'm afraid of a spider. The Without, spiders are like cr- the stealth ninja assassins. If you make them big, that kind of defeats the point. Viewing viewing spiders of any size is a highly it's traumatic experience no, I get for it. me. So eight legged freaks fucking scares me, dude. Are you shitting me? Because like I am, I am, I'm, I don't obviously have the same fear of spiders you do, but yeah. I'm, I'm afraid of spiders. There was a shot in this trailer that. I like kind of lost sleep over, and it was the end where the spider they kind of, it did a great fake out actually. I loved it with the mirror, but then I hated it where <laughs> she closes the mirror and you expect that jump scare like the spider's going to repel right, and it's like the size of her head right. But then it's just the overhead shot and it's in the tub, which is where you always find spiders anyway. But it's like the size of the tub <laughs> yeah. that fucked my shit 
Oh! Yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense that that um, it's a phobia, right? It's not necessarily based on reason. That was actually like, a really good sequence. Damn. It really was. This movie yeah. might be a top one. Someone should watch this, not me, though. Just because, no for me, any any spider I can hit with an axe is one I'm a lot less afraid of. I can hit a small spider with an axe if I swing in enough times. It'd Jake, be like the blunt side. I doubt that. Yeah. You? Blunt side. You. Blunt side. You're just going to close your eyes and... Start hacking away. Why would I have to close my eyes? Because you don't want to look at it. Well, I, I don't, don't want. I'm not saying you have to. I'm saying you personally, you would. It would not matter how large the spider was in that case. I'm saying it. It has to matter. Yeah. It's like a pinata. See, Mark and I's discussion last week's vis-a-vis number of tables in the world versus not. Hmm. See the discussion we have every week where we've got to get to the feature presentation. <laughs> <laughs> Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched somewhere between 1997 and 1998's Deep Rising. Now, Mark. Yes? You picked this movie. Sure did. You're and, welcome. I did it. I just I did surprised it. It was you by so being, good. Yeah, I surprised you. You were away from your mic when I said that. I was, Mark, yeah, I was looking up something on IMDb. Mark, uh-huh. I, have a question, I have a question for you. Okay, sure. As we get into our experiences of this movie and that part of the podcast. Did you decide to lock this one in when we watched The Mummy? Because Benny is in this movie. I completely forgot that Benny was in this movie. Okay, Kevin that J. answers O'Connor. my question. Yes, Kevin J. O'Connor. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay, wow. That surprises me, actually. Uh, it's also directed by the same guy. Um, yes, yes, it is. Yes. Uh, no, this is just a fond memory of my childhood. And huh. you know what? <laughs> we reviewed. We've reviewed the virus, which, by the way, I'm joined by a fourth member of our podcast this week, uh, the action figure of Captain Alexi. He's along for the ride as well. Yeah, I, I did send Mark an action figure of Captain Alexi from Virus. Uh-huh. Uh, so he's back. He's going to weigh in on his opinion of the nautical horror. I might do a voice. Um, oh, shit. But We've yeah. done Ghost Ship? We've done Ghost Ship? Yeah, we've done The Mummy, which is also kind of in the same vein. Uh, <laughs> same nautical horror vein? It's is, really Sphere long. came out right around here, too, didn't it? I think Maybe, Sphere yeah. was later, was it not? I think Sphere was 98, 99. Damn, it was way better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're just banging up. out the late 90s creatures features. <laughs> this is nice. Why'd you pluralize both words? <laughs> I panicked. I forgot I which know. one to do. Stevie Sommers, though, dude. That dude is churning out Kevin J. O'Connor movies. <laughs> yeah, this is, a, this is a Kevin J. O'Connor movie. Uh, kind of is. Classic. Kind of is. Classic it. Kevin J. O'Connor movie. I don't know. Who's it more a movie for? The, I, I feel like, if anything, this is treat, the Treat Williams. Yes. Treat Williams. The yes. quintessential Treat Williams. Who's, That's too bad. Like, I mean, look, they wanted Harrison Ford. They couldn't get Harrison Ford. They did a guy who does a really good Harrison Ford impression. I was thinking Bill Pullman. Like, he just kind of looks like Bill Pullman. He's doing a Harrison Ford impression, but he looks like Bill Pullman. Okay. He's also named like someone who performs in Vegas. Yes. Like, like three nights a week, but also only on weekdays. And then they also gave him a catchphrase. Um, <laughs> now what? That's such a good catchphrase. <laughs> I actually love catchphrases like that that are so stupid, <laughs> pointless. And Especially when they're on a fucking island that's like going to explode with monsters. Okay. And he's just like, now what? Okay. Boys, wow. boys, 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 wow. boys, 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 boys. Mark has seen this before when he was a kid. Jake, have you seen oh, it before? No, no, I hadn't seen it before either. Oh, my so, God, yes. I'm so this happy. This is going to be quite an experience. <laughs> Mark is very excited to get berated. No, don't, don't, don't. I'm not. Look, Mark, you picked this movie. Yes, I did. You know what that means. I might again seconds, in, like, next draft. 30 seconds are going to be on the goddamn clock when I can find a 
stopwatch app on my new fancy phone. Uh, and those 30 seconds are going to start when you start. On board the new Argonautica vesicle, vessel, one of the like great new cruise ships, a fucking catastrophe occurs when the ship is sabotaged and then something from the depths comes from below. Meanwhile, a fucking speedboat piloted by Treat Williams comes on to with a bunch of mercenaries to try and take over, sink the thing with torpedoes in order to collect some fraudulent insurance money. But little do they know that the thing from the depths was actually a giant kraken and a, a giant octopus from the Pacific, whatever, that is eating people, Time. digesting them, and spitting them back out. And I was trying to work end. in too many beers. Thank you for problem. working in my beer. You, would you like to finish, please? Um, like halfway through the movie. Finish yeah. for me, Mark. Finish. Basically, their numbers dwindle until it's just Treat Williams, Famke Jansen, and Kevin J. O'Connor left. They blow the fuck out of the Argonautica with the torpedo that's left on their kind of shitty, beaten-up boat. And then they float to the shore of this nearby island that's uncharted that is populated by a bunch of gigantic monsters. This was actually supposed to be a prequel to King Kong. That Fun makes fact. a lot is of that sense. Actually, true. So, I mean, IMDb trivia corner. True. Uh, Whoa, supposedly, on, they though. were actually going to make King Kong after this as like a sequel, and then it floated around in development hell for a while, and eventually became the 2005 so, Peter Jackson movie. I have a question. So, yes. was there a plan? Late? Were there laid plans at any point to have King Kong include Kevin J. O'Connor? Oh shit! I hope so. That seems like a miss. I think, well, yeah, I mean, that's it, a miss that it didn't happen. That's what that's, you're saying. That, yes, that's that, what I'm saying. Okay, I, I think Frankly, it would have been, he would the way they set it up, I imagine that, like, so if they land on Skull Island, that's, like, the idea at the end of the movie, right? Ain't no goddamn way Kevin J. O'Connor's gonna survive that long. They probably find his dead body, or he's, like, barely alive, and he's been living in the jungle, like, Robin Williams style, and then he dies in, like, the first third of the movie. Perfect. You're doing a Jumanji thing there, Robin Williams? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm doing a patch there. Doing a patch Adams. <laughs> a couple things there. Kevin J. O'Connor might be the only person alive that could have saved Kong Skull Island from being as bad of a movie as it was. Uh, there was no hope for that movie. It was like three and a half hours long. <laughs> um, also, I think that this only wasn't a prequel to King Kong because of the catchphrase. I think ending on the catchphrase really killed any development chances. Wrong. The catchphrase is undeniably one of the best parts about this thing. We are, guys, we are too amped up to talk about this fucking movie. What in the fuck subgenres of horror does it fit into? We got to do it first. I don't know what specifically we have it listed as, but monster slash creature feature, whatever. Yep. It's a creature feature. This is a creature feature. Action. Action. Sure. Do we have that? We We should. We should. Horror is a real thing. We did. We edited it like two weeks ago. We've already had this conversation recently. I cannot believe we're adding things to the clip we still are, considering how important they are to the genre. Mark and I added one last week. Yeah. Wow. Setting my protests. Setting-based horror. Things like The Descent or Devil or uh, As Above, So Below. Where, like, the setting itself is inherently creepy. You wouldn't even need a narrative in order for it to... Okay, so this movie... Well, no, because I mean, the setting no, of this, this is movie is a criminally large not scary. ship. Boats are... Cr- yeah, it is. Mm. Okay, I guess that's... If you're a videophobic, sure. I am a lot of not things phobic. Not a thalassophobic, excuse me. But a not even really thalassophobic, because thalassophobia is a fear of, like, large open waters, and this is all confined. But they do still say They do say the in there that they're 800 miles from the nearest island, so, I mean... That's but they're wrong about that. 
proof, they're provably well, wrong. The last, un, the closest Uncharted island. I found out this movie really didn't even deal with it, but I found out that I have megalohydrophilosophobia. You can just more. add things to thalassophobia. Explain more. So the thalassophobia part is... Megalo. Is, is, fear of large aquatic creatures in the open ocean is what uh, I'm guessing? It, yeah, no, he's afraid of megalomaniacs, but only at sea. Yes, <laughs> in open water. Dictators on the ocean. The way it was... I So the way it was described to me is, by Dr. Google is large things under extremely open water. So I fucking nailed it. Yeah, basically, but it doesn't have to be a living creature. I... Get we. This is kind of getting into what we're going to talk about later. You got to play some Nautica in a Patreon podcast about things that scare us. Holy fucking shit! I hate watching or looking at things that are submerged. Looking at a picture of the Titanic wreck makes me so uncomfortable. Oh right, that fake fear people claim. It's not ever. Have you ever? It's not a fake fear. Have you ever? Oh my god! Have you ever Googled submechanophobia? I think that's yes, I have. I saw a Reddit thing about that once. It's one of the few forays I've taken into Reddit, and I wanted to. That's die. how you diagnosed yourself with this disease. <laughs> well, <laughs> I found a subreddit and I had it. It actually didn't. <laughs> it actually didn't tell me, but it was like, here are things that are submerged. Does it make you uncomfortable? And I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, did we actually add nautical horror as a theme? God, yeah, how not, am I nautical the one horror has been on, on track there for a week? while. This is a bad precedent. If I'm the one keeping us on track, <laughs> <laughs> I, no, you are not. Well, you are keeping us on track. But no, that's not a new entry. But yes, it is nautical horror. Okay. Cool. cool. Thus ends the award-winning segment. <laughs> what does this movie do right? Let's do it. Everything? Can I just Mark? say everything? I'm gonna need. Okay, so let's let's do this. Let's do this a little bit differently I'm this week because Mark clearly already. thinks this movie did the most right out of all of us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mark, how about you just uh, start listing things that you think it's done right, and Jack and I can describe the level of agreement that we have with the things that you're saying. Okay, um, let me start with the cast. The cast is pretty incredible. There aren't any like crazy big names on it, but every single person who's there is in their own way exactly the role that they always play. Like G- Anthony Heald is a great example as the bad guy captain. He was also the uh, warden in Silence of the Lambs, right? That guy. You got Cliff Curtis, who plays almost I, the okay. exact same role as he does in Virus, which came out a year later. You got Mark, Benny from The Mummy. Mark, to, to your point, yeah. Cliff Curtis and Jamin Hansu both fucking rule and both fucking rule in this movie and play the exact role into which they're typecast all the time. Egg, yeah, exactly. I, and the funny thing is, like, going back far enough in time for this one, this is, like, now contributing to the reason that they are typecast the way they are. <laughs> I mean, this Jamin Hansu is kind of just, like... Jamin Hansu is is just always the main villain's underling, right? Yeah, and Trevor Goddard is always the burly Australian dude, and Wes Studi is always like the the old weathered soldier man, and Kevin J. O'Connor, Benny, whatever, Joey Pants in this one is always <laughs> kind of the whiny sidekick, uh, and Famke Jansen is always like the attractive well i guess she's supposed to specifically supposed to not be attractive in the faculty but the obviously attractive like femme fatale type type thing that was dumb and and also i mean you could stop at attractive right famke jansen's character development usually and unfortunately ends with attractive she's pretty attractive i mean look she had she's a little bit deeper than that in like x-men but sure i i would argue though that this didn't have any 
this is like right post Goldeneye, and maybe I have my the importance of James Bond movies off a little bit, but she was a very large character in Goldeneye. They yes, almost I read I read on Wikipedia that they almost didn't cast her in this because she was too recognizable from Goldeneye. Uh, that makes sense to me. But then I'm like, why did you want to cast Harrison Ford? Either way, Mark, in well, the spirit of the way we're doing what the movie does right this week, I totally agree with you. That okay. is the best thing you could have picked to say first. It can only go down from here, sir. Okay. I'm going to say that within the realm of the fact that this is a 1990s monster movie set on the open ocean, they nail the camp level appropriately with things like the catchphrase. I mean, you already talked about how you need something like that. Now what? To kind of punctuate the absurdity that is this movie? Mark? Mark? Yes? We've reached an important point here. Your argument is literally begging the question. Because Uh-oh. what you've said is, for a 90s campy horror movie, they reached the level of camp that's required. This is, this is you've assumed the premise of what we want to see, what's a good thing to do, is make a 90s campy horror movie, and proven it with a thing they do. In his case, that assumption would be accurate. It, yeah, I understand in yeah. his case, yeah. yeah. But he's, talking I... about what the, he's supposed to be talking about what the movie does right. And I am talking about what the movie yeah. does right. And it's a highly subjective <laughs> thing, Jack. Jack, you you did something here, which was you used begs the question, I assume, correctly. And in so doing, you confused me because I am literally incapable of understanding the correct way of actually using that phrase. <laughs> so I don't know how to participate in this conversation. <laughs> Look, this movie is I I do enjoy the campiness to a certain degree, but for a movie that could have been so much better if, like, 8% of the camp was cut, I hate how fucking over-the-top it goes a lot of the time. It does go super over-the-top. I mean, like, the first four kills of the movie are Uh, that are brought to us by the actual monster and not by head axing are just, like, person disappearing underwater and then, like, spray of blood on the wall like in a way that is very what? clearly coming from a fire hose what's wrong with that it's I, like nothing. sam Raimi I love camp, that where shit. it is dark and scary but then it doesn't st- it, i guess maybe it's not even level of campiness it's type of campiness is maybe when, what we're talking about well, i found the Cliff type Curtis, of campiness to be very similar to something like i don't know say congo which i also really didn't like very much <laughs> yeah man you have no sunshine in your heart dude <laughs> I feel like you only dig holes for utilitarian purposes. I dig holes just for fun, man. <laughs> that's classically how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how it went in the first place. But no, like the scene where Cliff Curtis gets pulled underwater and disappears behind some pipes, and then there's just like the strangest shaped splash that is very clearly just from like an air cannon with some red paint in it, just barely below the surface coming out and spraying on a wall. I literally, yeah. I mean, granted, I was a little toasted at this point, but I stood up, I gave, I, I stood up and I clapped. For, like, (laughs) five solid seconds. Mark, because we're in what it does right, I want to be clear here. I loved that shit. All those kills, I loved. And the, the like, dismembered arm that, for whatever reason, is the only thing that hasn't been skeletalized in the entire ship, grabbing him as he's trying to swim underwater, I love that level of camp, too. (laughs) Was that that supposed to be a reference to um, Jurassic Park? I have no idea. (laughs) Uh, That would make sense. Yeah, I thought the fat guy that floated up was a reference to Jaws, so, I mean, whatever. But then, like, the one-liners and the goofiness and the kicking people in the crotch and the fucking catchphrases and the Famke Jansen-ness of it all are all perfect. I like how you're saying Famke Jansen is a vehicle for camp. Well, she 
So she's the reason I say that, this is going to come up later, it's because her character in this movie is wholly extraneous and does nothing other than be an attractive love interest. That fits well. I'm saying. I, I could see that segment happening. So it's not maybe that it's Famke Jansen or, e- or how she acts it, but the, the existence <laughs> of that character. she acts it. Yeah. Okay. Mark, what else is the movie do you write? Kind of in that same vein, I always like to point these out when they when they come up, but it's just something that I really enjoy as like a subtle feature. The girl from Ipanema playing underneath like the original, like the first half of the movie is and once again, great contrapuntal sound. Talked about he, it last week, talking about it this week. But then Benny has to mention it. That's what I'm saying. Here thing. again, Mark, we find a place where I like the level of campiness of playing the girl from Ipanema. I hate the level of campiness of calling it out and saying, oh, that's the girl from Ipanema. Well, then he's like, I got this song stuck <laughs> in my head. And he's like humming it. It's like, fuck. Yeah. It's, it's a good level of camp. And then they ruin it. Ruin or make better? That is the question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, like I said, I was in a way when I watched this movie, but that resonated very well with me. I got a pretty good giggle out of it. <laughs> I would also, next point, I would like to digest for a moment that this was a point in time where you could, nay, should have shoehorned in the most absurd, unrealistic, impractical escape sequence that you possibly can. In this movie, Treat Williams gets on a jet ski, rides around the inside of a cruise ship, dodging Kraken arms. Yes. As a countdown timer is a, counting down. A half-flooded cruise ship. A, well, it has to be half-flooded because he's on a jet ski, Jack. Come on, keep up. I'm saying the one particular floor he happens to be on happens to be the level of flooded that would allow a jet ski to run without dismembering it. Well, of course. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a substantial <laughs> amount of deus ex machina built into this one as well. We're on a streak. Um, and, of course, that chase ends with him jumping off of a ramp, not just out like a door or something, off of a ramp into the open ocean that is stormy seas, lightning or whatever, as the torpedo boat hits the ship with a massive practical effects explosion in the background, killing the Kraken and saving the heroes. I mean, what a perfect fucking ending. Yes. That is something the movie does right. Uh Uh-huh. I have basically nothing to add to that because you just described it in excruciating detail, but it was awesome. It was awesome. And? End of sentence. End of sentence. (laughs) What is there an and for? You're not not allowed the and. Okay, I'm not fine, allowing your fuck. and. I right want that now. in last action hero. I don't want that in a horror movie. This is action horror. Action we already identified movie. that. I didn't agree to that category, and I'm I don't remember, but I'm quite certain I didn't agree to it when it was added either. Horror action, I'm action actually a pretty thing, positive. Man. You were the one who suggested it, <laughs> Mark. I will watch a movie of your choice if that's true. Action horror is a thing. Yeah, Jack. Resident Evil. That's just action. No, it's not. It's mostly just action. Most movies are mostly something, but then we wouldn't have won awards for our segment if we didn't really get into it, Jack. <laughs> Subcategories, okay? That's why they're called subgenres of horror. Maybe were... horror is just a subgenre of action. Maybe it is. Those were the major points that I wanted to highlight. I don't yeah. feel like there are the 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 brilliance of this movie is not in the minor specific details. It's in the overarching <laughs> like synergy of all of the things that they do oh <laughs> yeah you think uh, i don't agree to be fair i or to be clear i'm not being fair to you i do not agree with your point about synergy i do agree with you that this point does not thrive in its details 
The only other thing that I'll add to what the movie does right, which is just extending your end of movie thing that you just did, is I think that it's even better that then they get to the island and they're kissing and then Benny rides in on a sur- surfboard that he's been paddling on for God knows how long. It's like and a then, mile. It, I don't know how long it is. And then fucking, oh, whoops, primordial Skull Island death. <laughs> that is awesome with the catchphrase as it goes to black. What now? Roll credits. I have one more thing the movie does right. I actually think the CG on the monster looks fucking great for 1997. Especially given the movies coming out around the time and the mummy coming out that much later. 1998. Holy shit, the tentacles and the monster itself look great. That's a pretty bold take to defend the effects in this movie. I mean, I'm not going to stand in your way because I love it and I do think that is at least partially responsible for the campy enjoyment that I get out of this movie. I don't want, like, visceral reality. I kind of want, like, cartoon lunacy, which this leans heavily into. But, But I mean, it doesn't look great, dude. (laughs) When you compare it to The Mummy, it looks actively better than The Mummy. Which at, is at certain a, points. Absolutely. Yeah, Not certainly not every scene of tentacles, but there are really good-looking tentacle scenes, which was very surprising I don't know if me. I'd go as far as to say there are really good-looking tentacle scenes. I would go as far as to say there are scenes that fit the movie tonally almost perfectly. <laughs> there are some that fall below that as well, but there are some that fit very well. I, I guess I was surprised the, at how good it looks for the era. The the better effects were the practical of like the body goo oh, a lot. in the yeah. basement. That's yeah, where you got, I would put you got what it body did right. goo. You got half digested Benny corpse. That was his name, right? Benny? Not Kevin J. O'Connor as Benny conf- from the mummy, but yeah, there is also a character in this movie things. called Benny. I think that's, that's a problem. True. I refuse to call him that. <laughs> yeah. So but, the half digested corpse guy. You also have the scene that I liked at the beginning. I think it's when T. Zay, ZJ, whatever the hell that first Australian guy's name was. Z-Rex. <laughs> sure. Uh, when he's running away and the monster's like underneath a bunch of panels on the floor and it's like that scene out of Jaws when like the, the dock goes up and it's like blowing all the floor panels off. That Fuck one. that scene. It's a good scene. It's a good scene. Looks good. <laughs> There's lots of good practical effects in this movie. Thanks for bringing it up, Jack. Well, look, so I, I did want to use that as a transition. Like, yes, that's very good. I like. I think the CG looked actively good, but what's really good is they clearly spent a shitload of money on practical effects and sets and explosions on this and movie? stuff in this they movie. They spent a shitload yeah. of money on this movie? Yes. 43 mil. And it made, what, 11 mil? Yeah. This is a, this is a tremendous flop. <laughs> what a fucking dog. <laughs> Let's continue well, what it does middle. And apparently they had like a substantial amount of issue implementing all of the effects. They had to like cut and recut a bunch of scenes to like work around things that they could or couldn't do. And it took them an extra t- I mean, it probably it came out in 1998 definitively, Jack. Not sure where you're seeing 97, but also I think they shot this in like 96 or 95. It just took them it just had that long of a runway for them to like do post processing shit. So they lost the window to all of the other movies that came out in like the mid 90s. Like The Relic is a good example of yeah. all these other monster movies that then flooded the market and they came late to the party instead of being first. Ouch. Yeah. Boys, I think I might have a first for what it does middle. Okay. Uh, this is a what it does middle slash nitpick. Has this ever happened before? Yes, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah, definitely. No. I think I probably invented it right now. Um, no. Tell me. I think it's just called a not pick, by the way. It It's especially prevalent with Famke Jansen towards the end of the movie. But, and, and it's good that this isn't the case, but for people that are immersed in water 
throughout the entirety of this film. None of them are ever wet except for their hair a little bit and the legs in the water in which they're standing. I don't know. Benny gets pretty wet on that surfboard, dude. Famke Jansen is wearing a white tank top for 25 straight minutes of this movie, and it is bone dry. Yeah, they really don't wet t-shirt contest her. Which is, I, that's what I'm saying. It's middle. I appreciate that, right? It's not exploitative in that way for a movie that does have a character that's just there to be But it's also woman. middle because it would have been rad. But, but And also, it doesn't make <laughs> sense because she they should all be fucking, she's being tra- chased by a guy who just dove into the water with a flare gun and he comes up in a yeah. crisp white dry shirt. It's like uh, Squand, right? That Nickelodeon <laughs> product. Squand. Yeah, remember you drizzle it into the water and it would get all wet and like you could make sandcastles with it underwater and then you pull it up and it was dry sand. Jack- I don't know. I saw a actually. Commercial for you know it. what's funny? I actually have some of that. <laughs> what? I don't think it's. I don't think it's branded as squand. I think it's just called polymer sand. But yeah, I got it. For, it was like a stocking stuffer for my sister a couple years ago. She got oh, it for that, a stone. That makes way more sense than then I was you expecting have squand. It to. Yeah. yeah, they all have squand T-shirts. Well, it's a, it's a dry heat in the South China Sea, okay? You know, that you pop out, and within two minutes, you're just dry again. It's a dry water they have down there in that ship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's very uh, it's very dry water. And then what I'm we... also torn because, like, the, the woke perspective is it's good. They didn't exploit Famke Jansen. On the other hand, I would have liked to have seen her in a very wet white tank top. Oh, yeah. But in the neutral expression of it, like, yeah, people who dive into water she probably should, should have wet clothes regardless of their gender. throughout the whole movie. So should the ugly guy with the fucking flare gun. Especially when there's an extended sequence when they're all swimming underwater for, like, 15 meters or whatever. It's nonsense. That's why I want to talk about it what it does middle. Okay. So, yeah, I had... escalated something to middle is what happened. <laughs> Cool. I had the story in middle. Um, this movie has so many <laughs> layers to its story. <laughs> Tell me about its onionness, Mark. Let's go. Okay, so at its core, there is a kraken that is attacking. The, uh, the kraken is attacking. Can you call an octopus, please? <laughs> no, because it's we, not an octopus. We also, because of what this movie does wrong in the story category, we're also not clear whether it's one or multiple monsters. Uh, I'm pretty sure it is clear that it's a mul- that's the reveal at the end, but whatever. We can call it one or multiple. It doesn't matter. It's a so giant Pacific octopus. The Kraken is attacking the cruise ship. Next layer out, the cruise ship itself was meant to be sabotaged by the captain. So the Kraken is attacking the captain. I really should have planned this out beforehand. I probably could have kept this going more than just three rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the captain is like sabotaging this whole thing as a fraudulent insurance scheme. The next layer up includes the mercenaries he hired to blow up the ship, uh, presumably with everyone on board. Yeah. Do they touch on that? He was just going to murder thousands everyone? of people, thousands yep, okay. of people. And then the next layer up is where we reach the, well, actually, no, middle layer. There's another middle layer. There's just Trillian St. James, Famke Jansen, who just happens to be on board the vessel and is a great pickpocket thief. Is a cat burglar who's just there. <laughs> yeah, she's just the Catwoman character. Uh, and finally, uh, we get to the outer layer, which is where our protagonist, Treat Williams, resides, and Benny, of course. Um, of course. They are merely, they're also mercenaries in their own way, but they basically just ferry people from point A to point B in a jet boat that has a machine gun on the front of it. All they're there to do is deliver the mercenaries to the place and then also presumably be accomplices in murdering tens of thousands of people. So the argument that you, the the argument that I'm hearing is that this is, this is basically comedy 
Something's funny yes, until you've exactly. done too much of it, and then it's not, and then it becomes it's, funny it's the, again. Kristen Shaw is a horse loop, is what he's talking about. Oh, Kristen Shaw is a horse. Kristen Shaw is a horse. Well, look at her dance. Like, look at her go. Like, look at her dance like a horse. Yes, this, yeah, exactly. The story of this movie is Kristen Shaw is a horse. Oh, Kristen Shaw is a horse. Kristen Shaw is a horse. Well, look at her dance. Like, look at her go. Like, look at her dance like a horse. I thought it was phenomenal and <laughs> it really helped out. Like, honestly, it allows like this infinite fractionate fractionation that happens where there's like, there's so many different groups happening at different times and people run into Famke Jansen in the, in the cargo hold or the brig or whatever. We'll I have a nitpick on that later. Uh, and that while the two guys are down there in the other place looking for weapons and shit to salvage, to fix their boat, Oh, their boat got into a car accident for some reason. Uh, and then there's a bunch of the captain and the other captain are locked into another brig, another safe thing. They come. Oh, my. That's the thing is it's like you're constantly mixing and matching people from like five different groups. Mark. Yes. You're being a parody of yourself right now. You have not explained a single way. This is good. I've reached peak Mark. I think <laughs> I I don't understand. This is squarely in what the movie does yep. wrong. I'm willing to go there right now. <laughs> well, this would be to. a great transition. I found it charming. I did not. Oh, Kristen Shaw is a horse. Kristen Shaw is a horse. Look at her dance like a look at her go like a look at her dance like a And if I may make another request here. Sure. Mark, would you also just blow the fucking whistle? Cause this yeah, is let's just combine it all. Whatever. A Finish your sentence. I was okay. A big part of what this movie does wrong is its inattention to any level of detail whatsoever. Therefore, nitpicks abide. What? What does that one mean? Go. It means Mark has an erection. I know that's. He, if you're gonna do this every week, <laughs> you need to have some sort of operation. That means flagman protect protect train rear. No, it doesn't. I know what that one? one is. Well, if you're going to no. make him say something, don't berate him for what he says. <laughs> okay, well, here we that go. one's real, though. He should come up with something. Yes, and me. That means flagman protect cargo ship rear. Okay, fine. Better. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you got to workshop some of this shit, Mark. <laughs> Fuck this movie's writing. Fuck it. <laughs> it's... Is that a nitpick or a does wrong? Does wrong. Yes. It's a hard does wrong. I, I'm pretty convinced that they paid nine different screenwriters to write independent movies and then one idiot to jam them all together. <laughs> so they only have one other person listed as a writer, and it's uncredited. <laughs> well, so, so fuck Wikipedia wrote this. for listing that guy. He tried. He tried but, to remove himself from it. But then they have, uh, yeah, they have Robert Mark Kamen also has an uncredited writing bit in this. He wrote The Karate Kid and The Karate Kid 2 and 3. <laughs> the Punisher, Gladiator. Which The Punisher? Good movies. The Hopefully Punisher. The Travolta. 1989. Gladiator. <laughs> oh, Dude, this lethal, lethal Weapon 3, I'm starting to understand some things here. The next yep. Karate Kid. Yeah, okay. Yep. But look, Mark, you talked about it. Your whole list of writing in this movie is why it's terrible. It's a thousand different people doing a thousand different things. I Okay, I recognize 
so here's the thing. We kind of need like two fundamentally different scales to rate movies that are fun and entertaining versus movies that are actually like good. This I am not going to defend that this movie is well put together by any stretch of the of the word, but this is a fun and entertaining movie and part of like my sense of humor is recognizing absurdity that are built into totally serious things or things that were meant to be taken seriously in the first place. And the fact that this has whatever I did with my hands earlier, six different layers of onion to the story is so absurd that just purely on the level where someone thought that this script needed to be made, I find that fucking hilarious. And I'm reminded of that entertainment value every time one weird new wrinkle comes in, which is roughly every single scene. (laughs) And then, but then beyond that, Every single detail of this movie is wrong. Like, if you look too hard at <laughs> literally every scene, it starts with who's the who's uh, Benny's girlfriend? I don't know. Uh, the Layla, woman? I think her name yes, is. Yes, Layla. Like that. Yeah, she Layla. Got me on my knees. Yeah, yeah. When when she's trying to repair the ship, she's just fucking. She's got an acetylene torch and is just holding it up to a piece of metal. She's not trying to weld it to anything else. She's not trying to do anything. She's just holding a torch to a single piece of broken metal. So good. How do you not not think that's brilliant filmmaking? When Betty's trying to... They've said specific things that are wrong with the two engines that they named Hercules and something else. And like part of it is the gear has been broken and is now misshapen. Betty just took an angle grinder to a flat piece of metal on the outside of the fucking... (laughs) thing it's like a he took a piece of metal to the he took an angle grinder to the fender and it's just going at it it's like it's like the npc characters in the background of whatever home base you're at in like x video game from the 1990s (laughs) we're just kind of like doing idle animations i I mean actually yes it is it really it is exactly like that stuff like they, they try to come up with a really cool impressive gun the Chinese. Oh my god! I want to talk about the gun so bad. The gun is amazing. Actually, I really like that gun, and that to me, it felt so. It was below. It was a level below James Bond bullshit from that era, but it was pretty close. It, dude. They say so much about those guns. I have a lot to say about those guns. I also poked <laughs> I around care. on the internet. I don't care. It sounds like they actually, in the production of this movie, went to a lot of work to like make the guns that you saw on set, which that's kind of a neat pick. This is a neat In the pick. sense that oh, okay. they, they literally were... just put a like spinning prop on the front of a gun. They did way more than that. They also wired it to actuate to the trigger of the gun. Right. So, so Firing so. mechanism. The gun, it's a Calico M955A. Thank you. Right, which is an automatic rifle. They fitted it with a rotating barrel, five additional barrels around the one central one. Which, that actuates when you pull the trigger, and they developed this wholly independent thing with its own power source that was also hidden in the extra bulk they added to the gun. That attention to detail is so unnecessary. <laughs> Especially but when But also, it's-, it's so good that someone out there was like, you know what would make these guns cool? A spinning rifle barrel that was not practical and is not used anywhere in That's the world. Okay, yeah. What they put so much attention to detail in the stupidest possible thing. <laughs> There's a reason. You know like, what? Hold on. I'm starting to see this movie's madness <laughs> a little bit here. It's starting he to make also sense. says he also says they can hold a thousand rounds. They have yeah, a they thousand do. round magazine, which they don't have a thousand rounds worth. They have it has a 
22 think, round magazine maximum. Think, think about how heavy a thousand rounds would be. And just volume, <laughs> just based on volume. You would just be dragging something, <laughs> yeah. carrying like around a, a backpack full of bullets. Oh my yeah. god. Also, the reason that you have a rotating barrel on like a minigun, for instance, or an old school Gatling gun or something like that, is because the individual barrels get too hot. It's cooling, yeah. Yet you're supposed to hold it by a piece of metal directly under the part that's too hot to have a single barrel. Yeah, Brilliant. but see, the thing that you're not taking into account, Jack, is that the gun itself is so cool that it doesn't actually get hot. <laughs> Mark, that's really hard to argue with. I appreciate that. <laughs> and then I'll also, say this. I'll say this. When I was a kid, if I was drawing like action heroes and shit in my in my journal or whatever, one hundred percent of the time, <laughs> we can unpack that in a minute. One hundred percent of the time, I would draw them with guns that had rotating barrels. That was the coolest <laughs> fucking shit in the late nineties, man. But then, the muzzle flare effects that I don't actually know if they were practical or if they were adding post. They are probably post. Let's be real. Are always coming only out of the central barrel, the one that isn't rotating. If that's true, then they probably didn't edit in post. They're that's my theory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I but like guess I'm, I take it back. What I'm guessing is they did like a quarter to eighth load blank to get a little bit of muzzle flare and just like tripled it in size in post. Okay, because if you, I mean even guns this automatic, a full blank can hurt and kill people, right? That's well, I mean, I mean uh, famously, yeah, the guy on the crow, Brandon Lee, yeah, he died yeah. from a blank. Yep. Uh, hey, R. while R. we're still talking about the. Uh, assault rifles that they use. Can we talk about the sound that comes out of them? Uh, yeah, I appreciate the impressions. I'm just going to drop the, the clip that I took earlier just right about <laughs> here. Mine was better. Yeah, so that was basically just a laser rifle that was firing. <laughs> yeah, they're insane. Thanks for inserting after you've already done the definitive noise. And they go to such lengths to tell you that these guns are insanely powerful, but then they can neither... Sometimes they puncture full hulls of the ship, like exterior hulls. And sometimes in an interior iron hallway, they do absolutely nothing, including no ricochet, no nothing, when the hallway is being crumpled by a monster. Yeah. Um, great gun movie. Great gun movie all around. <laughs> like in that scene where uh, the, the evil captain, or, or I guess the, the evil mercenary, not the captain, and uh, and what now guy, uh, he kicks him up the rifle, right? And they both start shooting down to the end of the hallway. They're just shooting bullets into what an empty now, hallway guys? from a high-powered rifle. But everyone in that room is dead from ricochets. They've just thought a, shot a thousand rounds of ricochet. It's just pure ricochet rifle. Yes. I mean, yeah. I don't... <sighs> that would require a level of knowledge about physics that is unnecessary in a movie like this. I was going to say definitely not part of their of, of their repertoire of skills but also it doesn't need to be part of their repertoire of skills part of the part of the suspension of disbelief of this movie jack is that i'm allowing them to just write their own rules around things <laughs> the internal software of this mega ship runs on oh cd God. roms um 
I don't find that. I mean, yes, that's hilarious in retrospect, but also I don't find that as unbelievable as it is now. I mean, I've, don't you think they probably would have? They they would have had programs. They probably would have been hard coded onto like a hard drive or something. But you could install software on it using a CD ROM. I find it very believable that somewhere in all of the controls there would be a CD ROM drive that could run some stuff. I find it very unbelievable that there are nine ports to have CD ROMs that seem to be running the whole ship. Three. There were three ports. Mm, science three. is yet to determine. Okay. I watched that scene like literally an hour ago, right before we started. Jesus I rewatched the first half of the movie before we started recording because I didn't have anything better, anything better to do. That is impossible. That's staggering. <laughs> I really like this movie. You have to intervene. I am so scared for ratings. That's the stupidest possible use I could think of of my time is rewatching this movie. <laughs> Notably, the first half of this movie. <laughs> um, they do. Speaking of that, actual like within about five minutes of that scene. So they're throwing Trillian St. James in the brig when they find her stealing. Her name is Trillian St. James, one. That's a, just a neat pick. Um, <laughs> second, though, there's a line in there that says, the, the captain of the ship asks, do we have a brig? And the other captain of the ship <laughs> says, we do, but it's incomplete. Yep. And then they throw her, Trillian St. James, into... The food storage location? Not even food storage. It's like the, the <laughs> caterer's prep area. Yeah, like there's where they keep all appetizers. of their champagne and amuse's bouche. Yes. yes. Amuse's bouche. Yeah, I liked that. That's a neat pick. Yeah, but uh, that's it's ridiculous. I got, I got a nitpick I'm going to throw out there. Okay. We talked a little bit Get about free. the scene where uh, they're swimming away down the 15-meter submerged hallway. Uh, that no one gets wet from. Yes. The last guy through uh, who dies, whatever his name is, Mason, I think, you, in the movie. Are you talking about his grenade? Yeah, so he pulls the grenade yeah. and it explodes. There's still like two people, maybe at least one person in the water at that point. They're Benny. also definitely dead. If you're yeah, underwater when a grenade goes off insane. 30 feet from you, you're dead. Yeah, very dead. Yep. Yeah. I don't yep. think it would look like that, though. <laughs> no, probably not. That looked like a fucking nuclear bomb. <laughs> But also with that scene, if I am, if you boys are following me and I have to go first into a maybe sealed off hallway underwater to maybe get to the other side of, don't wait a quarter second for me to get under the water before following me. I might need to come back. There might be no way forward. Give me some space to operate. Tie a rope to me. Also, a yeah. lot of things. Just a lot of things. Look, See, we're start- area. Yeah, we're there's. You know what? They're just a bunch of badasses that don't care about safety. Yeah, they're all mercenaries. We're starting to talk about like what you should do to survive, and that's a mistake with this movie. <laughs> While you were babbling on, I was looking at how many fucking credits Treat William has to his name, and that dude is prolific as shit. <laughs> that guy's been in like 120 movies. Jesus. He and in- I think they're all on the Lifetime channel. <laughs> he lives in Park City, Mark. He was a rebel soldier in Empire Strikes Back. I'll go say hi sometime. <laughs> I bet he goes to Sundance. Uh, I'm sure he does. I want to talk about the mercenaries' plan here. Okay. Okay. Their plan was to pay a captain, who's obviously in a slightly, at least slightly aggressive captain of this ship, to fly, to drive maybe a boat to drive him out to a ship, and then bring with them the equipment to drill holes into the steel hull of and mount upon the hull of a torpedo launcher, hide torpedoes in storage, 
that is so far away from where they're going to install this torpedo launcher in full view of the captain, who's presumably yeah, like directly not okay in with front the... of the captain. Yep. Yes. And then and then what? Drag these giant heavy torpedoes through multiple portholes and sealed doors and hatches and load them in there? This is their plan? Jack, kind of, yes. If the money is there, then they don't care. Nope, okay? not these guys. That's the cap. That's that's the, the captain. I feel like that kind of sentiment pervades the whole group, though. No, it doesn't, because the other mm. people are all just psychopathic lunatics ah. who are about killing as many people as possible. Ah. That's their whole game. They're there for money, too, you'll find. Well, I mean, at this point, literally everyone on the gunboat is there for money. The three people who are just running the ship are there to ferry people, and then everyone else is there to slaughter tens of thousands of people. And and then also hopefully maybe make some money when insurance pays out. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're getting paid up front, and then the the person who makes the money when the insurance pays out is Captain Heald, whatever the fuck. (laughs) Anthony Heald's character. Look, it's insane. I got to tell you guys, I got no other nitpicks or does wrongs. Of course. Woof. Do you have like a laundry list still? I'm, oh, Jesus. Can we please lightning (laughs) round and limit it to like a minute? Okay, I can certainly try. Yeah. Because I'm on to talking about what Treat Williams has been in. Oh, actually, I I have one thing I would like to point out before we get to lightning round. Uh, this is something the movie does wrong. This might be a first. This is something that the movie does wrong by not doing. This movie definitively should have had a hip-hop original song performed by one of its actors as its outro credits. That's just the truth. I don't disagree with that. Mark, last week you said the movie did something wrong by not having Plucky Duck in it. Oh, valid point. Yep, that's true. Oh, yeah, you're on a whole thing now. I see. Never mind. (laughs) I'm less with it now. Jack? This was an enormous steel hull of the vessel they used to get to the ship. It hit a very tiny speedboat, and a 12-foot-wide hole exploded in the side of it. On that point, when you have a hole that sized in a boat of that size, and it isn't above the waterline, that boat is sunk in a fucking heartbeat. No chance they saved that. No chance that holding an acetylene torch to it fixes it. Okay? When they grapple up to the ship... Okay. There's just an open hole in the side, an open hole in the side of the ship. I mean, 15 feet up, well within the waves up and down range. That's like a little bit of water, though. And it's isn't isn't that so? That's just like normally how you deep boat when you on a when you're on a thing. The, the captain probably just opened up the door that's already there. There was no door. There usually has to be a door that is open. This was just a hole. There's no uh, door that could have closed. There was well, no there's mechanism. A kraken. There's a kraken. It had an attack. I mean, it had attacked, but it didn't. There's nothing was broken. This was just a machined hole in the side of this boat. The kraken this boat should have sunk long ago. I don't know how to unlock my phone. Give me a minute. I don't understand how their headset walkie-talkies work. Sometimes it's comical because they can hear everything the person's saying. You can hear them screaming or saying, "Hey, I want to fuck you" in the background. And or they then have to take it off because there's gunfire. Yeah, and sometimes they have to actively push the earpiece before they're telling them what's happened. They're- oh my god, that's like the most quintessential like '90s set direction ever. Hey, put your hand on your ear so they know we're talking. Yeah, randomly, ran very, very randomly. Um, fucking treat Williams when he first has the gun and he's t- he's in the elevator. He's told drop the gun. It shows you a very close up shot of the neck strap on which he has the gun mounted. He's holding it via a neck strap, and then in the very next shot, he says, drop it, and he drops it, and it just falls to the ground. 
He had okay, an extra minor, minor continuity error. Cool. Very less than minor. Very less. It was even less than minor. You yep. heard it here first, folks. Yep. When the elevator crashes 25 stories, it only crashes in a way that opened the front door and ejected them four feet out. <laughs> You're going chronologically, and this is distressing for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need you to hurry it up. Okay, look. 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 You know what? That's it. Fuck it. I don't care. Famke Jansen's tank top was dry all movie long. Yeah, we talked about that. Ad I'm done. Fuck it. I don't care. I'll stop. It doesn't matter. None of the rest of the nitpicks matter. I don't care. Clearly. I'll, 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 uh, I, I would like there you are both... some minor continuity issues. I'd like you both movie. to note, though, that as that was going chronologically, that level of nitpick only picks up as the movie continues. I have pages and pages of notes. I am so happy we stopped you. <laughs> so let's go to rating? Shut up, Mark. We already did it. Tall and tan and young and lovely, the girl from Ipanema goes walking, and when she passes, each one she passes goes. We over at ADC Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how you'd rate the hipsterification of restaurants. Sparkling water is free, but tap water is $3. All of our appetizers feed six people. They don't come any smaller. Substitutions are fine, but you have to ask in a baby's voice. All of our butter is sourced from only the hottest cows, judged by a jury of their peers. The chickens vote by referendum. We are cashless and tipless, but the valet staff do appreciate old copies of Entertainment Weekly. And for 10, think about Durs would write the Cajun chicken niblets. First of all, I'd like to see the chef face-to-face. These are the best Cajun chicken niblets I've ever had. Star is the first category to rate these movies. Mark? Yes. Don't fuck on me here. This was your movie. You rate it for you story. You realize you're about don't... to get fucked on, right? I, yeah, I'm fully Big re- time. I would... Uh, hold on. I'm protesting this because I think Jack is fucking on me by preemptively telling me I can't fuck on him. Okay, so fuck all over him. I don't care. Okay, cool. I'll I'm be the this hero movie. this podcast needs. I'm giving this movie a six, which I recognize is high. Um, It is. It's not what I expected. Here's the thing about story, right? It should be, it should augment the overall feeling of the movie. And like I granted about earlier, the level of complexity is so wildly unnecessary and yet so wildly lucrative in terms of entertainment in my mind that. (laughs) I, you, it's a weird movie to pick for a movie that lost millions of dollars. Lucrative in the sense of of paying dividends in entertainment value, not so much in terms of money value. Um, it's entertaining. That's what I'm getting at. The, yeah, the story here is complex, and I liked it. Six is what I gave. You like how bad it is, is what you're saying. Somehow yes. he, somehow it's, he it's made bad a in a very strategically good way. <laughs> ring his neck sometimes somehow jake just mimed choking you by the way i mimed it it's getting dark over here it's getting so dark somehow you made a six feel like a ten that's all i'm saying okay mission accomplished jake what's your fucking story score i gave it half that i gave it a three yeah i gave it a three too the fucking story is insane for for everything mark said about the story if you go back and listen to those reasons that's why it's a three (laughs) uh yeah yeah Yeah. i would agree with that exactly (laughs) yep yep okay okay (laughs) World building and immersion in our second category. Mark. Hey, guys. Mark. Uh Uh-huh. What'd you give it? (laughs) This is the highest I gave it. The highest score I gave it. I gave it an eight. Oh. Um, (laughs) I find this movie to be utterly magnetic 
I'm probably going to buy this movie. If there is a director's commentary track on the DVD, I am absolutely buying it because I want to know what he has to say about every single scene in this movie. I could watch this every day for the rest of my life. This is a Desert Island movie. I found this thing to be so entertaining. (laughs) You only gave it an eight. I know because I also recognize too low for what you're saying. After realistically, realistically, I I am aware of the thing I'm watching. It is camp, but I feel like I'm allowed one of these every once in a while that I'm just in love with. But desert island movie, Mark. This is a great desert island movie. That implies one movie. Desert island is a one. One of these every once in a while. In the episode of The Office, where I have to pick desert island movies, they get to pick a top five. This This is a top five movie for you. Top five Desert Island movie. What does what is the fucking difference? It might not be one of his five favorite movies, but in terms of what he's gonna have for the rest of eternity on Desert Island is his top five. Wow. Pure actually that also part of that is the joke factor of like if they find my like desecrated corpse on an on an You're island and deep. it's like and it's like four really good movies and then deep rising. Isn't that a pretty good joke? That's Look, that is a very cosmic sense. I'll grant you that that is a very good spoof. Like yeah. if it's just five copies of Freddy Got Fingered You're with me on the of... desert island. You're... Oh shit, that movie. <laughs> Daddy, would you like some sausage? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um, the only the only real point I'll make here uh is that the cast works incredibly well together. There I mean it's it's a crazy absurd situation see what I said already about story, but the cast itself pulls itself together pretty nicely, so they're the, fun to watch in every scene. The last thing I'd like to jump on you for for that rating in particular is you said <laughs> I'm allowed one of these once. And I think yeah. what you meant was I'm allowed one of these literally every time a really horseshit horror movie comes out between 1993 and 1999. He means once per. He means once per horror movie. Draft. I demand. I demand you provide me with six other examples of this. Happening. <laughs> Shit! I might only be coming up with five. Yeah, he, exactly. He's already defended against this. He's <laughs> Do you know how up. long we've been doing this, Jack? <laughs> That's. Jake. So there is there definitively have been five other times. This is number it six. Must, must be the yeah, case. Yeah, he looked yeah. it up. <laughs> Jake, what is your world building? It's funny. Story? I gave it half that score again. <laughs> oh, I gave shit. it a four. My score is literally the exact same as yours. Again. This is becoming weird. Uh, this is not an immersive movie because of the the same reasons that Mark has mentioned is what be, is entertaining about it. It's just not. It's not entertaining. It draws you out actively. It is so absurd and campy that you cannot be that engrossed and i just I, i'm not saying it's not fun let right, me clarify look, it is there, fun. there is fun it in this is movie. fun that's why it's not lower right it's fun but it's in spite of itself here's I'm just gonna I keep... jump in to make a quick recommendation to the listener um if you were to watch this movie say after drinking like between two and four moscow mules and I then sh- like a few beers and maybe a glass of wine i should have done that yeah that's, that's a problem right here that's the space look, you need i, to be I in. I had had between two and eight beers while watching this and after watching I it. I watched it stone cold sober because, oh, frankly, yeah, I a... needed a bit of a detox last night after having a weekend of a lot of drinking. Sure. Uh, that so, West Coast Grocery Company. Uh, that was one small part of one small day. Look, here's what I keep coming back to on the world building and immersion part. It's obviously nonsense, right? It is fun. That's why it gets as high as it does. But then, like, they are trying to and failing at exploiting the sexuality of Famke Jansen. So she's in there for literally no reason because they've even failed at being <laughs> exploitationist. 
So See, I like, kind of like that. That how bad they are at even writing. Like th- they don't know how to write her character at all. It's just one of those things that keeps chiming in is kind of hilarious in my Mark brain. Mark just keeps talking about all the terrible things in this movie and how much he likes them. <laughs> we gotta move on. Scare factor, Mark. What is your scare factor score? Oh god, I gave it a two and a half. Uh, this one, it's not a scary movie. I don't think anyone's gonna argue it's a scary movie. The monster looks bad. <laughs> uh, the scare factor here is coming from. You're on a sinking ship at sea, and that's you're on a boat. Motherfucker. Yeah, I never thought I'd be here. Don't but yeah, I mean, that's basically all you're going to get. You're not getting really too much stuff from the actual monsters themselves. There's not really any jump scares, and the gore is kind of meh. Jake. Room full, room full of skeletons is kind of creepy. Yeah, that is kind of creepy. Uh, And things in open water are creepy. And things There's no open water, water are creepy. Yeah, you don't see a whole lot of it. No. It's like all at the start, and it has that weird fisheye effect. It's all on a soundstage. It's so weird. Uh, I still in Vancouver. Gave it, I still gave it a three, though, which is kind of disturbing to me. In, the, in terms of high or low? Uh, high after Mark. Well, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of flat. Like, I don't know. He floored me. I'll, I'll explain this ha- to you. Having something lower. I'll explain this to you when it's my turn. No, I mean, I don't do it now. You okay. do whatever you want. I, there's not a, it's not a scary movie. Like I've, I, I gave agree. it a three as well. Okay. The re- I mean, Mark had so much fun with it, and that's why he like couldn't see the objectively scary parts because he's too busy. Cackling Giggling like a lunatic like a at the boy. idiot 90s Well, we're also splitting hairs because we gave it a three as compared to a two, so all of us pretty two and much half. thought the same thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, two and a half. <laughs> so it's I can't ba- understand. You said flabbergasted. You I am off. still somehow. <laughs> it's, Mark is a baffling human being. Hey, dude. I Fuck. bring a fresh new perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Effects or judicious lack wrong. thereof. Mark... I'm very curious to see what you're going to give this one, Jack. I gave it a four. I think in general, a movie about a monster taking over a cruise ship, the monster probably has to look good or at least be hidden in a way that you don't really see it until maybe the climax. They don't do that. They show you a lot of it. They show you a whole lot of it, and there's a bunch of CG. It's just a tentacle monster roaming around, and it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at all. Looks like 90s CG, which, yes, helps the overall experience and fun and entertainment factor, but not the scare factor at all. And that's always how I've weighed the effects category is whether or not it helps out the effects. Uh, sorry, the scare factor. <laughs> Jesus. I'm bad at talking. Jake! I gave it a be four. better practice at this by now. I gave it a four as well. Uh, same reasons, except for the bad part of the talking part. Same score. Yeah. I mean, you so- are bad at talking, too. I gave it a five for effects or just like yeah, okay. one. I was very pleasantly surprised at how good the CG is. Like, I, I really don't think you guys are giving it enough credit for how good it is for the era. That's wrong. This is this is quantity over quality. A go go. <laughs> yep. Doesn't look that good, dude. Doesn't look that good. I think Come it on. looks pretty good. And then also there's know. just a whole shitload of set building and practical that they do as well that also go along with it quite well. And I'm also giving them a lot of credits for the props they built on the C1M1 Chinese gun, whatever it is, because that's You're, a pretty that's cool fucking thing. That's so that's lies. pretty big, too. I mean, look, I didn't go crazy from you guys, but I gave it a five. That's going to take us to overall, Mark. Look, my heart, and I'm not exaggerating this, my heart wants to give this movie a 10. I'm not going to give it a 10. Let me ask you this before you give your score. Would you rather watch this or Congo? Ooh. This. Okay. How you sound on... I disagree. You understand that this doesn't have Laura Linney in it, right? Oh, or Tim Curry. Honestly, Tim Curry is the bigger factor there. Um, But Congo doesn't have Benny. Congo doesn't have Benny. Exactly. 
uh, or treat, you know? That's okay. This this is probably, I, I don't know how to put this into the categorization of all the movies we've watched, where it's just a movie you love, but not necessarily a movie that's good. I think, I think it should basically be like the limit of the upper quartile or whatever. I gave it a seven and a half. I find this movie to be incredibly entertaining. I will recommend this to anyone who's looking for a fun time, a little bit of a different change of pace monster movie. I, I mean, whatever. If you haven't seen this, I don't think you're not going to have a bad time watching it. I can certainly say that. You gave it a what? Seven and a half? Seven point five. Jake? It's funny because so I gave Congo I gave Congo a six and a half, and I also in, and Mark gave this a, a Congo a four and a half. So I I you know what happened? Do you know what happened? This for Mark is Congo for me. That's what happened. Both of you are morons. I don't think that's accurate. <laughs> that's a really gross thing to say. That's I really mean, this, Jack. I still really tilted mean. this up. I still tilted this up. I can understand what Mark was saying earlier in the podcast about there being some synergistic qualities here to like the overall craziness that is this mess. And that mess can be fun to a certain degree. As long as you don't have to clean it up, it's fine. I gave it a four and a half. What what is the cleaning up? Aspect? I don't know. I thought that I kind of walked into a joke and then I bailed on it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you, cool. you did a gesture like you bailed on a joke too. Yeah, exactly. I was confused about that until you explained it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like a kid's messy room. Like it's kind of a disaster, but it's fun. But then you just bail as long as you don't have to clean up after yourself. You're fine. You, so you, you gave also this movie... switched the perspective to the kid halfway through that metaphor. Yeah. Okay. So you gave this I'm movie a, a whole point, a whole ten percent of our scale less than average. Uh, yeah. Okay. The okay, synergistic cool. qualities here, Mark. I do agree with that part. Great. Jack? I, I want to start by saying we're getting into some intent of the author stuff here, right? Mark, if you do watch the director's commentary and he talks about it was his intention because he knows comedy is cyclical and things get funnier after you repeat them. Oh, Christine Sean is a horse! Christine Sean is a horse! Well, look at her dance like a look at her go like a look at her dance like a horse! So it gets stupider and stupider the more you watch it, and that was my intent throughout. Then that's going to get definitively worse in my mind, and I'll update you in a few weeks. Oh, well, then I will bump it up to like an eight or a nine on on story and on probably overall. If that was actually his intent to make it as stupid as comprehensibly possible with this big a budget, I will bump it up substantially until then. I You don't know what you gave it to. No, no, I do. I'm saying it's a four. I really want to give it a lot less. It, a it lot is, less. I want to give no. it a two or a three. No, that's This is dumb. a bad, Dude. shitty movie. Go that's back and much. watch some of the other movies you've given like a two to and tell me this is a two. It's you're not fun. telling me it's a two. It's you're telling me it's twice as good two. as those it's movies. It's a four. It's still I am. too fun to be That's why I said I'm giving I it a five. I think you're landing on the right thing, but you're saying too many things that are dumb. Mark's saying too many things that are dumb. I'm right there with my messy room kid thing that I bail on. I'm, I'm, you know. You gave your score for Congo too recently for me to take you seriously. Look, I gave it a four. Congo was so good, dude. Now I reluctantly have to take us into the next segment of do we give this a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Mark's got to be a hard thumbs down. So, Jake, what do you give it? <laughs> hard thumbs down. This movie sucks. <laughs> Jake is genuinely Should have been longer. He did not expect this. He did not expect this question. No, I, I did. I just, I'm having a tough time. Did you watch this with your uh, lovely significant other? No. Oh. I tried to watch this with my wife and she told me fuck off. The, oh. <laughs> she stormed out. Ten minutes in, <laughs> I th- I think I I think I have to go. No, there's too much. But this is more of a volume thing. 
there's too much out there. Otherwise, it would be it would be a harder decision. Yeah, I'm I'm a no as well. This how, is how guys. Captain Alexi's asking me a question. How does this stack up against uh virus in your minds? I think I'd rather watch virus. Wow, really? virus had more of the can't be fun and had a more consistent tone. Virus had more can't be fun. It, the tone of the movie was more consistent throughout. In fairness to Jack, in this regard, the escape from Virus is Nuts. one of the only movie sequences that could actually compete with the escape from Deep Rising. And and Virus starts on an insane level. Virus never sets you up to think it's anything other than just bonkers. An I mean, alien the, in the form of lightning the, that takes over I, MS-DOS uh, computers. I yeah. feel very. I I don't know these those two movies feel very similar to me in a lot of ways. They're almost exactly the same, all the way down to Cliff Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd prefer this one. Okay. Yeah. I mean that's the right choice. So good. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. I'm glad I have your approval. Captain Alexi is pissed, but I am pleased. Oh fuck. Let's get the hell out of here. Thank you. This has been episode 146 of the A to Z Whorecast. Check out everything we have going on. Head on over to A to Z Whore.com or come hang out with us on either of our social media channels. That's Facebook, that is Twitter, and those links are going to be right down there in the description below. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, if you like what you're hearing and you're still here, you should probably consider joining Patreon. You can get a lot of cool extra content. If that's not your cup of tea right now, if you can't swing the, the cash, that's totally fine too. We're just happy that you're still here with us as I'm saying this, and we'll keep putting out as good a content as we possibly can for you. As always, the music is coming at you from Super Fair. Their links will be down there in the description below as well. And next week, we are back to me. I promise I'll be here for my own pick. We're checking out Slight Change of Pace, Spanish War Movie, Found Footage, Wreck. It's coming at you next week. And until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, Go watch some horror movies, everybody. Have a good week. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. You mo- I'm doing that again. <laughs> I don't know why I can't talk. Good start, good start. You made start. it less than a quarter of the way through a syllable. <laughs> yeah, 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 I did. Literally the minimum amount of thing you could say, you said a quarter of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I did.